Welcome to the Todd DeVos Show, exploring the best ideas and lessons for leaders. Merry Christmas. Good morning, good morning, good afternoon, depending on where you're at. Here I am having technical difficulties with my earpieces. Uh, so anyway, good morning, everybody. Uh, we are having our Christmas show. And wow, it is a, an exciting time to, to, uh, to be here uh, doing Christmas stuff because, man, we are, we are right down to the end. I should really call it the holiday show because we're also in the midst of Hanukkah and some other celebrations as well. But I like to bring in the rest of the team, Issa Margarcia and Mark Baker. And, of course, we have in the background somewhere back there, Brian Colbert. Good, afternoon, or good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I got uh, all sorts of craziness going on this morning, but uh, so hey, it is. It is what it is. So all right, it's Christmas time. It's Christmas time. It's holiday time. It's um, I have my my Jewish friends are out there celebrating Hanukkah, which I think we kind of get ripped off on Christmas. We have like one day, and they get they get eight cool days. You know, um, I don't know, eight days of celebration, eight days of gifts. Some of, some of my friends growing up they even had the uh, Jeffrey the Giraffe and the Hanukkah bush or something like that. So. Well, see, if you're Mariah Carey, you start right after Thanksgiving. Oh, true. <laughs> true. I'm going to say in my house, yeah, the, the tree definitely goes up Thanksgiving evening and then uh, the season starts at that point, yeah. We, we actually put the tree up one year like the first of November because we weren't having Thanksgiving at our house and the kids wanted a tree up. So we did it. Why not? Right. Adorable. <laughs> Ryan, what's no your, what's your uh, Christmas tradition for trees? Oh, we, we haven't done a tree. My kids grown and out of the house. It's my wife and I, and why well, give the dog some incentive to do something they shouldn't. Man, how bah humbug on your part. The holiday spirit. You know, spirit lives within. It's not a outwardly show to the neighborhood that, you know, we're spending a lot of money and bringing high-priced items into the home. Well, it doesn't have to be by high-priced items. It doesn't have to be by anything. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, it could just be, you know, Charlie Brown's little treat, if you've ever seen that that uh, holiday special. Now, now the studio, we have some decor in the studio. Todd, you were just here. Mm-hmm little tree and decorations and and honestly i probably wouldn't do that if it wasn't for Jeanette. so <laughs> one one year we went up to the mountains and uh we rented a cabin and uh the person this friend of ours who who uh, has a cabin up there and she put a tree in every room of the house even the bathroom had a tree yep yeah, my house yeah. on the inside, it's just exploded with Christmas decorations, and I don't have enough for each room. What? But one day. Yeah, we, uh, we're growing in my household, too. It seems like every year, every two years, we buy another tree, and the old tree gets put in a, another room. It doesn't go mm-hmm. out. <laughs> That's funny. I was just thinking, you talk about trees, and my, I, I thought of my evolution of Christmas trees, you know? When I was uh, young and as a kid, you know, the traditional things. But then as I left home and went in the Army, still gained, got a tree. But I was thinking about how we used to decorate it with beer cans back then after we <laughs> drank it. And that was our decoration. And now as I evolve, it's, it's this whole process of buying our, our annual Christmas ornament. And it's 
it's wild what it used to be and what it is now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so well, we're, we'll get into the, the the topics of what we really want to get into here in a second, but we still got to stick on Christmas. So, where was the strangest <laughs> place? And Issa, I don't know if you can. Maybe you did, right? Where's the strangest place or the the where you spent Christmas, Mark? Strangest, I guess. Yeah, like I mean, mine was the middle of Kuwait. You know, that was. It, it, yeah, I, I was debating, you know, because uh, yeah, definitely in the middle of uh, Iraq. You know, I spent a couple Christmases there, and uh, that was unique. But I, I was thinking about the, uh, you know, we'd go out on Christmas Eve when I first got in station in Hawaii. We drag some random tree that we found or acquired in some way, <laughs> and we take it out to the beach, throw it in the sand, and then of course decorate it with beer cans all night. And then come midnight, we burned it, lit it on fire, threw it in the pit. <laughs> it was like, but uh, yeah, that's pretty weird, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you smart, Brian? Oh, okay, Brian. A, in the field, Camp Fuji, Japan. Just because it was snowing and raining and wet and cold and miserable, and you didn't feel out field ops during Christmas. Yeah, uh, that's a your your officer hated you. <laughs> we were always either on duty or in the field for every Marine Corps ball when I was in as well. Oh, what a jerk! All right. Before morale was a, a concern. <laughs> 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 or, or, or the guy didn't like being on <laughs> All right, Isuma. Uh Okay, so during my bachelor's program in geology, we actually had our, um, what was it, structural geology. It's an in-field kind of course. So during the entire month of Christmas break, which included Christmas, uh, we were in the desert. Oh, nice. In one of the deserts, mapping. Geology, um, going over various questionable topography. Now that I, you know, think about running on mountaintops, uh, but yeah, that's how I spent one of my Christmases. That's cool. Yeah, that's definitely interesting. You know, the reason why I asked the question is because, you know, obviously this weekend, you know, Christmas holidays here, and uh, we have an earthquake that just occurred up in Northern California. So that's an active uh, disaster area. Um, you know, we still have other areas that people are recovering from. Um, you know, and also nine one one doesn't stop. Matter of fact, uh, it seems to be Christmas is like one of the busy days um, for us. Uh, you know, so you know we have a bunch of firefighters, police officers, nurses, doctors, uh, emergency managers that are on duty um, out there that are going to be awake and doing jobs on Christmas Eve and Christmas. So I just want to kind of shout out to them and, and say, hey, you know, we're here with you and and we appreciate everything that you're doing. I know Brian and I have. Uh, Spent uh, a few Christmases in the back of an ambulance as well, and uh, broke ours. So uh, we we understand that. So again, you guys are on our hearts and minds when during Christmas when we're home at home this year uh, with our families. You know. So speaking of that, what what is your Christmas wish? What if you could choose? You know, one thing. Uh, we'll, we'll go personally first, and we'll go professionally. You know, what would it be? What what would be that one thing that you wanted to get that would uh, make a difference in in your life? Isamar, go first. <laughs> personally first, right? Yeah, personally first. An Instant Pot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cook, a pressure cooker, a slow cooker, a rice steamer, a cake maker. Oh, heck yeah. 
that's a dream that could come true, Isamar. We can that can definitely come true. <laughs> At least your expectations are, you know, attainable <laughs> for sure. Yes. Uh, <laughs> all right, Brian, what are yours? You know, this I, I'm really not poking the bear. I would like to see the Orange County Office of Emergency Management better utilize Twitter to reach out, speak to, motivate, and inspire those following that Twitter feed rather than just disseminating bad news or the bad news is over. The last tweet from Orange County Emergency Operations was October 14th. And I think that is pretty horrible. We've had long discussions about emergency managers, in my opinion, needing to be more vocal and assuming a leadership role for those in their charge. Um, that's what I would like. Specifically Orange County? Well, that's the county I live in. It's the county I work in. That's the county I'm concerned about. That's the county I wish would speak to me because I'm here. So so I'm going to globalize your, your wish. That's you're, you're wishing that emergency managers would learn how to use social media better. Yes, and spread more than just doom would utilize social media better and spread more than just doom doom and gloom hmm. i agree because a positive message could attract more attention and, and more interest and, and then yeah you're right i agree you know preparedness reminders hey winter's coming up you know not that we have harsh winters here i mean it gets 50 degrees and it's breaking news um <laughs> But, you know, I've lived in areas where climate, you know, impacted life. But, you know, just those reminders, hey, winter's coming up. Is everything okay? You know, do you have freeze issues? Summer's coming up. Sunscreen, stock up now. I mean, it could be it, it could be a voice of leadership and inspiration. I love that. Especially coming, like, because I currently run a social media page for emergency managers on the back end, like it's, it's hard as a one, as a one, a one man shop, um, or I guess one woman shop, however you want to do that. But, um, that's, it's really important for us to get that, that buy-in and establish a relationship of trust, right. So that it's not all doom and gloom. Yep. Mark, what about you? Yeah, so so sticky with the the personal wish. I think, uh, you know, I asked Santa for it, and uh, I've, I've been looking at it for a while. But one of those uh, those egg smokers, I want to try and try my hand at smoking with one of those 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 egg smoker barbecues. So that's my Another personal attainable Christmas wish, man. We'll see how Santa Santa does me this year. So, Todd, you must have some inside information with your experience in emergency management. Are you saying my wish is not obtainable? No, I'm not saying that your wish is not obtainable. That's a good point. Brian, you, you know, your, your wish is obtainable, but then you have to just start, you know, we have to start uh, whipping people. You, you know, when it, when it comes to um, emergency management communications, though, it, it tends to be like either all or nothing. Like you get an organization that's just like hires some or some uh, social media manager and it's like bam, like all over the place or they only talk to you when there's a disaster. 
You know, I've, you know uh, you know, it, it, I'm sorry, Mark. Go ahead, please. No, I was going to say I've learned that you could tell a lot about an emergency manager's uh, uh, organization or department, their demographic based on their social media content. If they have a diverse age, diverse uh, demographic, and they have some younger folks in there, that social media is 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 on track. But uh, if they're sticking to the uh, the old guard and they're in there, it kind of link leave something to be uh, desired. I wouldn't say Orange County is has a I mean they're they're pretty diverse and they have some younger emergency managers up there. You know, so uh, it also depends on policies. A lot of governments are restricting there was just this ban that came through that was unanimously passed that TikTok is now removed from federal employee devices. Yeah. So like it's very questionable on what is okay plus the retention and what you have to keep in archive and yeah yeah and that's true it all becomes discoverable too right because you have to has to be archived just because it's an official communication device that's a good, good point too brian you were going to say something i i was and i don't recall now it must not have been that important <laughs> it's always important it's it's always important yeah i mean I was going to go on the idea of my personal wish that I wish I had a trip to Tahiti, but I mean, like, uh, but I have kids, so that don't think that's attainable. You know, 2023? Uh, I mean, 20, when's 10 year, eight years from now? Whatever that is, probably be. 2030? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> when my little one turns 18, then I can start going to Tahiti. But, uh, yeah, that's the only reason why it's unattainable because I have, you know, I have a ten year old. I can't like just leave her at the house for a couple of weeks. Take her with you. That's what I don't want to do. Okay. Is it kinda of like like taking taking a young one to Mexico? No, it's like, you know, you want to spend some time with the wife and Ah, I see. You know? The little one around kind of crushes the uh, uh the spirit of the whole vacation. But anyway, that's my dream. I want to be on a on a, one of those um, those uh, bungalows in the middle of the water, you know. Brian's daughter right now is in Bali, which is pretty damn close to to, to the Tahiti thing. So, anyway, um, all right. So let's let's get it, right. Let's let's really you know. I know everyone's probably just like, oh my gosh, this is so boring. We're talking about <laughs> this, you know. The idea here is supposed to have like a little bit of a light, fun show. But you know, realistically, what you know, what are some of the stuff that we need to be doing? to make uh, emergency management easier and better? And can we use our Christmas wishes to make this come true? So Isamar, as the youngest one here, you know, um, what do you see as a future of emergency management? And what do we need to be doing to make things better for not just the people? We got that part, right? What do we can do to make the career better for emergency managers and to make it more attractive for uh, young people to join? So my Christmas, my Christmas wish for the profession would be to create some type of, and whether it be through associations, whether it be through uh, departments, agencies, however, create some type of apprenticeship or mentorship that comes involved with the jobs. Um, Because I think um, my former boss was actually, thankfully, my former boss was able to teach me kind of the ropes of what you don't get taught, like the politics, the, the, 
maneuvering of egos that you have to balance around that are even in your department, things of that nature, like the, the unknown or rather the, the fine print of the job description, right? That I think that's really important when it comes to relationship management. I also believe in my, like my one single wish is, so I have two wishes. That would be my second wish. My first wish would be, can we stop having job descriptions that are entry level asking for five years? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mark, what about you? What is, what is, how do you see it? You know, you're fairly new to emergency management and you came through the military side of things. What do you see that can make things better and make it more attractive for people to join us, join the emergency management? I think across the board, we would benefit a lot from uh, articulating our why as emergency management, as, as far as explaining exactly what it is we do, um, how we do it, and then what's the result of what we do and how that benefits the communities we serve. I think that would go a long way in gaining us a more broader recognition as our own profession versus in some community, it seems to be a splinter off of the fire departments. Uh, that I think that would help out if we could start projecting that image of the emergency management professional uh, a little bit, a little bit better to help uh, solicit better and more committed buy-in from those that, from the leaders that we serve in our communities. I think that, uh, yep, I think we need to get a little bit further away from the fire departments, but we need to bring in the police departments more to incorporate them into the fold better to what we do. Uh, so, yep, that's my, that would be my, my Christmas wish is, is better and more broader recognition of emergency management as its own profession. Absolutely. Jane, Jane says California, the Disneyland of disasters, but Mark works in the Carolinas, so Jane, you got to come up with something for for Mark. Don't leave him. Don't leave him out in the cold. Literally. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> uh, so so we got a pretty killer system rolling through right now with some some heavy rain and and, and some dropping temperatures throughout the day and night. So oh, I was about to say, speaking of cold, I saw some posts on Facebook talking about social media where it's like minus twenty four, minus whatever in uh, in like Montana and stuff and. And meanwhile, you know, we have people here in California that it's like, oh, it's uh, 42 degrees out. You know, please pray for us. You know, <laughs> still in shorts. <laughs> <laughs> I got to wear a hoodie. It's so cold. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's the way I feel. I mean, like, you know, I put a flannel on and I'm like, ooh. Um, I'm going to turn off my heater now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Um. I, I'm thinking along the lines of one of the things I think that we need to do to the Christmas wish is that emergency managers would take project management seriously um, and get some side training on it. I mean, there's like free training that you can get on EDUX, right? You don't have to go to college for it. You can just take some training if you don't know about it. There's plenty of books to read on project management. Google, uh, Google works, you know, the University of YouTube. Um, you know, if you want to get into some of the free classes that are on LinkedIn Learn, um, if you if you have a LinkedIn account, you know, those things like that that are out there, learning project management and implementing project management um, as we do things. So learning about it is one thing, but implementing project management. And um, for those of you that are in school still, 
seriously, take some project management courses. Uh, you know, um, I, I would have benefited from that as a young emergency manager coming in. I can still benefit from that as an old guy. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, project management is, is critical. Brian, what do you think that if you Christmas wish to make emergency management better, what would it would it be? You know, I, I want to ditto the project management. I was fortunate enough when I shortly after I got out of the core to go to work for a company who sent me through Dale Carnegie's project management training. I want to say it was five days back then of project management. And that has benefited me so much throughout the rest of my life when it comes to planning, organizing, task management, metrics, benchmarks, etc. But I think one thing that really lacks with not just emergency managers, but if you get into a position of supervisor and or above is basic sales training. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, EM is kind of on that fringe of paramilitary, you know, I issue orders, people do what I say. However, getting buy-in, selling your team on the concept and the results that you want to achieve, they're going to be so much more motivated to do it because they now believe in it rather than just being told what to do. And it goes to, you know, this weekend, I want to go to the zoo. I'm going to sell that idea to my wife. And that's the way I look at things, not just, hey, what do you want to do this weekend? How about the zoo? Um, but getting your kids to go to bed. I mean, it's it's basic communications and and building frames and getting them to say yes without having to ask for that sale can be very beneficial for emergency managers, in my opinion. Brian Termian's book called Pitch, Pitch Anything. Um I forget who I was looking to see. Get up, up ahead, but um, it, he. I just started listening to it, so I'm, I'm only in this chapter two. And he's talking about the idea of framing um, with your pitch, and uh, the example that he gave is in framing it that I thought was kind of interesting because I never I never put this in the context that we all work within frame, right? And it's like getting pulled over uh, by a police officer that he has like the authoritative frame when he comes to your door to say, Hey, you've been speeding and you really, you know, your pitch to him to get out of that ticket is you better be quick to be able to frame what's going on inside of that conversation to, you know, otherwise uh, you're getting that ticket. So I I thought that kind of was an interesting way. Um, Thank you. I thought that was kind of an interesting way of, um, uh, of, looking at what the frame is he goes deeper than that that's just the best one i could bring up but i think that's an idea too because going back to what brian was saying on on sales and pitching anything is when we talk about preparedness right and that's one of the things that we should be doing we have this whole preparedness director how do we get people during christmas time to spend money on preparedness gifts than you know buying um you know toys and and and, and well toys for kids but you know whatever right uh, I was about to say something that would could completely take it out of context, so I'm taking it out of my mind. Other gifts for adults uh, that uh, are are not preparedness gifts. Um, you know, and if I could jump in there, um, not just holiday gifts, but pitching that household that's living paycheck to paycheck to buy an extra pound of rice or a can of beans or a pound of dry beans to have saved mm-hmm. back when and if something were to happen batteries, flashlights, alternative heating sources for cooking. I mean, preparedness is expensive and 
the Gubs finally said more than three days now. What are they pitching now? Oh, it's seven, that's 14. Five to seven, yeah. 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 So, and we all know it's going to be much greater than that. But pitching that concept to you don't have to go out and spend $500. You can spend an extra $1.20 on that pound of rice, or you can spend that extra $3 on a pack of batteries. Um, that might, that might be like information because you were saying that instead of the gloom and doom maybe that's part of our role as well as highlighting are you prepared for this recession slash slash economic downturn you know by while it's still good and prices are going to rise buy another bag of rice because it'll be more expensive or something to that obviously there's different ways of saying that but maybe that's our role as well as making information easier for the public to digest so that they want to be prepared. That would be yeah, a good tweet. Yeah. I think encouraging a, a preparedness mindset versus a, a preparedness activity or task start, start, start thinking about preparedness and, and ingraining that into your thought process as, as you live essentially, you know, maybe we can start that by, you know, articulating with the community when we, when we do our engagements is, you know, why, why it's important, you know, why, mm-hmm. what is the greater effort understanding that resources may not get to you for this amount of time? I, I was saying this a long time ago, you know, at a cert class or training or whatever, and we're talking about um, preparedness and, and being able to do it. And somebody asked a question regarding somebody who's on a budget. <clears throat> and uh, I told him, I said, you know, you don't have to buy expensive stuff, you know, buy the stuff that you're already eating. You know, if you, if you like canned soup and you go to the store and you normally buy, you know, a can of, uh, you know, stew or whatever, buy two, right? And then and then keep one and keep rotating that through or three or four. You know, eventually you can you can build that up. And then um, I said you could probably buy a fairly decent, you know, disaster kit at even like a 99-cent store, and they challenged me to. And I said, okay, I'm going to see what I could buy for $20. And I went to the store, and I actually got – I bought – it wasn't light. It wasn't high-speed, low-drag by any means. But I was able to buy for twenty bucks a individual person's three day disaster kit, um, you know, canned soup that was like you know, four for a dollar, you know, things like that. Um, you know, I don't know if you know those things like this, and then a can, little can opener that was you know probably only going to be used once or twice, but for a disaster it wouldn't be a bad flashlight. Everything I got out of there, it cost me like nineteen something. And that was a couple years ago, so don't probably might really be a little bit expensive now. But, you know, this was like six, eight years ago that I did this and it was 20 bucks. So you can do it. So, yes, it's got to be a thought that's ongoing, not just a one off. So that's that's the that's the emergency management holiday, you know, uh, wish is to get everybody else prepared. That I think that is that says a lot for for who who we are as, as people that we're not even like, oh, yeah, you know, I want some cool high. You know, I don't want a new command post. Right, which would be kind of cool, or like a brand new EOC, or some sort of like video wall for the EOC, or whatever. You're like, oh man, my my holiday wishes. We want to have a community that's resilient and prepared, and I think that says a lot about about who we are as professionals. That that kind of warms my heart a little bit. Go ahead, Eastmore. You're laughing. Oh no, it's just I like it's very true. I I was in a conversation with one of my friends and. We were talking about devoting our time into our extracurricular activities outside of our our day-to-day jobs. And it's just like, nope, 
I, and she, she was very adamant of like, I I'm valuing my off time. And when I'm off the clock, I'm off the clock. And I was just like, that would be nice, except I'm in a field of like service. So, I mean, she's more of, of, of tech and, and Silicon Valley type of mentality, which is a different type of service. Um, but it's, it's more like, nope, I, I do this day in, day out. I think about this all the time. <laughs> like we even have our, I'm, I'm adamant. I finally got the dog go bag done. Two days food. That's cool. Water little thing. But I'm in a constant struggle right now in my own household because I was just like, oh, I need to go bag. I need to know where the documents are for everything else. And just like, well, that's, now you're just making it easy for someone to steal it. I'm like, oh. Put it in the cloud. Huh? Put it in the cloud. Put it in the cloud. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, because I was just like, oh, I could do, like, because I thought about it, like, you can replace the majority of the things, even government-issued th- uh, IDs or government-issue documents. Um, put, put, photographs in Dropbox, my friend. You know, you smart. I have a great, well, I think it's great. Of course it's great. It's coming from me. <laughs> Old cell phone. You can remove the SIM card. It doesn't have a data plan. It still can connect to the internet. However, if you PDF documents, plans, instructions, maps, you can PDF that and put it on this old phone. I have a small solar charger so I can keep it charged and access these documents, but I'm not dependent on Wi-Fi or or Bluetooth or anything. And we have all of our written documentation to include maps um, on an old iPhone in one of our bags. I just, keep documentation. I just did a whole other on my other podcast of business continuity today. I did a whole thing about storing stuff um, in the cloud. Yep on on the on the, on the process that we have for uh, um, for uh, on, on tight HSTs. So a little place nice. HST right there. You know, um, we're, I know we're getting closer to the end and, and a couple more minutes here if we can just kind of hold on. But the you, you know. Going back to what you're saying, Isamar, about service, <clears throat> and I kind of want to point this out because, you know, everybody who's sitting in this room um, does it, right? You know, um, I belong to a couple of, uh, you know, volunteer organizations, nonprofits that are outside of my job, right? So Team Rubicon being one of them. Mark is a Team Rubicon member. Isamar, you're a Team Rubicon member. You know, uh, Brian does work with, uh, veterans organizations as well that in, in the volunteer space um you know i know other emergency managers that that volunteer for the american red cross or for the salvation army or for their churches and stuff like this that still do a lot of things and i think that's really important to say that those of us that are in this field are driven to service um and i appreciate everybody out there uh that is doing that and that is taking time uh during this holiday season to volunteer and I also want to say, you know, I know some personal friends of mine that are going to be going to uh, the soup kitchens, if you will, for lack of a better term, the, the food services area for the homeless, uh, doing some blanket uh, giveouts this uh, holiday weekend uh, for homeless veterans um, and I guess regular homeless people too, whatever that means. Um, but they um, they're doing some work with the veterans. And I, I don't know. We always say we talked about homeless veterans, and you're like, well, what about the other homeless people? So if you call them regular homeless people, I guess. All uh, unhoused. Unhoused, yes. That's the new term, right? Unhoused. Not sure what the difference is on it, but still the same same last idea. And But the point is, is they're taking time away from their family during this holiday season 
to, to still serve, even when they're not working. So that says a lot about those of us that are in this field. You know, I appreciate everybody there. And I'm going to let everybody just do their one last uh, uh, Merry Christmas to everyone, and we'll end on that. So, Mark, why don't you go first? Oh, I, I'd like to say uh, we kind of owe that explanation to the next generation coming up that this is a profession of service and humanitarian. Um, and they need to be be aware that you're not likely to get rich, but you're, you're going to be fulfilled in this profession. Uh, with that, a Merry Christmas to everyone out there, and uh, I wish you a happy and prosperous New Year. Peace, Um, Chiming, or what's the what was the 2020 like? Fo- following up on that, or piggyback offing? Ah, oh, piggyback. That's what it was. I'm gonna piggyback off of that, Mark. <laughs> and um, it's it's also as much as we're we're service driven, also be mindful that. It, it does take a toll on us, even though it's something that we find pleasure in doing. And self-care is very important. Noticing that you're, um, you're mindful, being aware of your surroundings, being aware of your emotions and how you're feeling, your state of being is also important, as well as being a member of service or a, an individual who cares about serving the community. So with that, uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays and Happy New Year. Absolutely. And Brian. Yeah, I want to start off by saying happy holidays to everybody and then skip to New Year's. I'm not big on New Year's resolutions, but I'm huge on setting goals, breaking them down into measurable pieces and accomplishing them. And the sense of satisfaction that that brings me personally is the best gift I can give myself. And I think that's advice I'd like to share with all of you. Happy holidays. Absolutely. Thank you, Brian. And, you know, back here. Thank you so much for spending time with us this morning. You know, you guys can be other places and, and listening. And I know that we were kind of goofy at the beginning, but this is because we wanted to be a little bit light. And as Brian was saying, you know, setting the goals and taking time today to reflect on the future, to reflect on the past, and to remember those that we aren't with, aren't able to be with during this holiday season, those of the past. And I want to say Merry Christmas, have a happy and wonderful holiday, and I hope to see you at the new year. Until next time, everybody, please Stay hydrated and stay safe.